Dave Chang is an avid student and fan of sports, music, art, film, and of course, food. With a rotating cast of guests, they have conversations that cover everything from the creative process to his guests' guiltiest pleasures. Follow The Dave Chang Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's The Mismatch, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states or 18 plus in D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. Today's episode of The Mismatch is brought to you by Nissan. It's time to start getting excited about the journey and not the destination with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Built to navigate you to some of Earth's most inspiring spots with seven drive modes and all the power you need. Get the thrill of the drive in every moment of your journey with the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Welcome to The Mismatch. I'm Chris Vernon. Joining me as he does every Tuesday from the ringer.com is Kevin O'Connor, a.k.a. Kevin O'Bomber, Kevin O'Climber, Kevin O'Croissant, Kevin O'Conflict, Kevin O'Candyland, Kevin O'Camera, Kevin O'Bruno! What's going on this Tuesday? Well, we actually have a bit of news that we've got to get yeah, to. We actually um, do. Mid, mid early September news. All right. While free agency is gone and there's still going to be news that takes place uh, in terms of roster building here and there. Uh, what does not stop is players from talking. And this week, we got a couple players that said some things that we need to discuss. The first of which was Kyle Kuzma. Uh, Kyle Kuzma was on the No Chill podcast with Gilbert Arenas recently. And the story goes like this. The Lakers appeared to be on the verge of trading Kyle Kuzma and Montrez Harrell to the Kings for Buddy Heald. Uh, instead, the Lakers dealt Kuzma, Harrell, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and the 22nd pick to get Russell Westbrook from the Wizards. Kyle Kuzma said, I was kind of shocked because I thought I was going to sack. Like the Sacramento deal with Buddy Heald, that ish was done. So I'm thinking in my head, okay, sack. 45-minute flight, that's not <laughs> bad. I can go to Napa. But then, out of nowhere, you're going to Washington. I was super hyped because it's a better situation. Going to sack would have been fun. I would have went crazy for sure. That's how I think. But I have the opportunity to play with Brad Beal it's someone that is really trying to be a winner in this league. Oh boy. Hey, I mean in in DC, great museum scene out there. A lot of good museums <laughs> you can go to. <laughs> not not sure that's up Kuzma's alley uh compared to California beaches, California but in general, but um hey, he's near New York City as well. So good for Kuz to be in Washington. I mean ultimately, I mean that whole, you know, 24 48 hours was funky. 
Because it did seem like the Lakers Kings thing was actually going to be happening. Um, But lingering under the background, of course, was that Russell Westbrook situation. And I think it's true. I mean, he said it. Washington is a good situation for him. It's a good situation today. And that's because they have Bradley Beal on the roster. We'll see how that plays out if he stays in Washington after this season because he can become a free agent next summer. But on paper, Chris, I mean, I look at that Wizards team. I'm kind of into it. I'm kind of into it, Chris. I am. Well, here's the thing, Kev. The most important quote is going to sack. It would have been fun. I would have been, I would have went crazy for sure. That's how I think. But the opportunity to play with Brad Beal, it's someone that is really trying to be a winner in this league. And, and Kuzma's started to become a winner in LA. He learned it, right? Yep. Yes. And I just think that, you know, you hear a player talk and What do you make of him saying that I was super hyped because it's a better situation? I mean, I look at the Wizards roster and I mean, look, Beal is the headliner. I mean, he's he's the star there. Um, But the the Beal Dinwiddie backcourt, intriguing. Holiday coming off the bench. Neto, a solid depth backup guard. Intriguing. You got the Lakers guys, Harold, Kuzma, KCP, who are all solid in their own roles. You have some young talent, Kispert, Avdia, Hachimura. Uh, Hachimura has gotten better each year of his career. Maybe he'll take another leap as well. Uh, you get Gafford at center, Thomas Bryan, who's hurt to start the year, but they have a good amount of depth. You have Isaiah Todd off the bench. I, I didn't mention either. This isn't like some contending team, but this is a team that can make the playoffs and has the upside to get better around Bradley Beal. And I think with Kyle Kuzma here, I mean, also didn't mention your guy, Chris, your favorite contract in basketball, Bertans. Didn't mention I was him. like, <laughs> you're not gonna you're not gonna name the billion dollar man. Yeah, but billion I mean, dollar Bertans. But I think I think the Wizards look, like I said, they're not gonna be some like finals contender. They're just a playoff contender in the East. Um but I like I like their roster, and I think they have the versatility to play different styles. I'd love to see them play some small ball with Hachimura at the five, Kuzma at the four. See what happens when you do that. They can play big. They can play small with spacing. This team can play a whole bunch of different ways. They have a new coach there, and unselled. Be interesting to see what type of system he installs there. So I, I think for Washington, with their amount of young talent they have, including some of the, you know more proven players like a Kuzma. He's still young. I look forward to seeing how these guys develop in a new situation. I think for Kuzma specifically, a lot of people have said once he leaves LA, he'll be forgettable, right? Like the Lakers spotlight was one of the reasons why he became the biggest star Um, going to Washington. He will not have that spotlight on him. This is an opportunity for him specifically to show in a new situation. Yes, I can still play winning basketball. And for him, the key there, like he, uh, he had a quote earlier in the summer, I believe, where he said something about like his inconsistencies can be pegged on like the fact that he had an inconsistent role. That's true to an extent, but he's been an inconsistent player regardless of his role ever since he was in college. That's one of the reasons why I was low on him entering the draft. I was too low on him entering the draft. I made a mistake with my ranking for him. Um, but, you know. Will he at some point in his mid-20s now be able to find some semblance of consistency as a shooter, as a decision maker? He already has as a defender, but the offensive side is now the next step for him, which ironically is the thing people weren't concerned about when he was young because he was putting up almost 20 points per game. 
Right. I, I am I'm I'm fascinated with the whole idea that the guy was going to be traded to Sacramento, but then he goes to Washington and he says it's a be- much better situation. I mean, that would not have been the case a couple of years ago, but I also think it speaks to, you know, the why why you are careful about letting go of Brad Beal. His was a name that all the time was coming up, was coming up, was coming up. And it is in part because you hear that quote and another player in the league saying, I'm excited to go play with this guy. Right now, that doesn't mean necessarily that you're going to get a bunch of great free agents because you've got Brad Beal, whatever. But it also means that people think they've got a chance when you've got that guy on your team. Right. That like if I go there, hey, they got Brad Beal and we got a chance to win because he he wasn't saying that like, you know, in the same sense of, hey, they got the Aaron Fox and hey, they got a lot of young talent and they they, they just drafted uh, Davion Mitchell and they got Halliburton and whatever else. Right now, obviously, you're thinking about it through the prism of how is this going to affect me and my career? But beyond that, guys do want to win. And the truth is, if you got Brad Beal, you're a lot closer to winning than if you don't, you know? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it is one thing I'm thinking about with Washington here is uh, the obvious question is, is this team good enough to keep Bradley Beal happy? I mean, we'll, we'll see, like he'll have options. The Celtics, you know, with Tatum, he can reunite there. There's many other teams as well that he might, you know, look at maybe New York, uh, possibly there's a lot of teams. The inverse is this for Washington. If it's what will be the situation that pops up where they say, we're going to cash in our future picks. We're going to cash in some of our young players, you know, maybe including even a Kuzma. Um, you know, Bradley Beal was one of the one of the ten or so uh, current NBA players at Damian Lillard's wedding this weekend. Um, would Washington be one of those teams that would throw themselves into a Damian Lillard sweepstakes? Because like like I've said for weeks now, everybody talks about Philly wanting to wait for Damian Lillard and try to go after him with Ben Simmons. Like every other team is also going to think about going after Damian Lillard as well. Would Washington be one of those teams that says, I'm going to go for it. We're going to go all in. We're going to give seven picks, all pick swaps. We're giving Avdia. We're giving kiss for it. We're giving Kuzma. We're giving Hachimura like all, all in, you know, some teams could decide to do that. All it takes is one. And I just wonder, you know, will we see a team that's a, has a little bit of desperation to them? Try to go all in on one of those guys who might become available. Yeah. And so that, and that's the flip side of this. I think for so long, we thought, hey, is Washington the kind of team that's going to, you know, move their guy and then just get way worse? But now they've kind of on the fly, Tommy Shepard, put them in a position where they do have that opportunity. I mean, those are those guys, even if they're not great for you and don't push you to solid playoff performance, um, they're still assets. People want Montrez Harrell. People, you know, will take Kyle Kuzma. Pope on a veteran team could help him. Totally, Certainly, yeah. he had his moments in the in the NBA Finals, for goodness sakes. Um, and those are contracts, right? That can be paired up. Some of them with, expiring too. Yeah, and they're big, right? So, I mean, those guys yeah. are not small deals. So you could pair those up with some of your young talent or draft picks in order to actually take this and improve. Your right build with Brad Beal rather than 
we're moving off of Brad Beal in order to rebuild, right? They don't necessarily have to do that. They do have assets where they could go and they could trade for something. And all of a sudden, a team that we we kind of pinned as a, they're going to have to trade their star because you're wasting his prime. They might be able to make the most of his prime by going out there and, and putting together a deal for somebody really good. Absolutely. And that's the advantage that Washington has because Beal, like my understanding has been for months now that Beal and his family, they're happy living yeah. in D.C. They're happy there. They're, they're, they're happy living in the area that they are. Um, but like winning ultimately, you know, trumps all with the decisions that, you know, players make. Uh, not all players, but a lot of players. And I think for Beal, that will be an important factor, which is why the Wizards are in a position. Like I said, I don't love their roster. This isn't some great team. Nah. They're solid. This is a solid team. Now, they, and, they, and look, they've and, gotten and, bypassed probably. They were eight last year. Indiana will be better with Carlisle. Charlotte will be better healthy. Chicago should be better than they were last year. I mean, it, just those three right off the bat, which were the three behind them, are probably, if I'm penciling it in at the beginning of the season, bigger favorites to make the playoffs than they are. And nobody in front of them really dropped back. Well, and that's the thing. The the East has gotten stronger, so they're yeah. going to be solid. Are they solid enough to be appeal to Bradley Beal in a sense that he's like, yeah, I'll stay here long term. Are they solid enough so it's to the point that the team would be willing to go all in on a no, trade that may it, present it, itself? This and, is and a well, roster that's ripe to make deals, not a roster that's going to win a lot of games. Yes, they're, they're kind of at a crossroads here where you don't know if they're going to go down the path of keeping Bradley Beal long-term or going into a full-on rebuild, or if they're going to go down a path where they're like, you know what, we're going all in here and the next guy who's available. We don't know. That might not even be Damian Lillard. It might be a guy we're not thinking about. Um, but like, I'm just using him as like the big number one, you know, 1A example of who you would target. And having like a backcourt with Beal, you know, Lillard, Dinwiddie, that'd be awesome. Um, but so we'll, we'll see how things shake out. But I'm very, very intrigued by Washington because I agree with Kuzma. They're a better situation for him. It's just about how long this situation remains good for him. Well, and they may be able to surprise some people. You know what I mean? Maybe I, maybe they'll be better than what I'm giving them credit for because they are. Uh, you know, I always talk about. Just don't have crappy players on your team that you got to give real minutes to, and they're a lot closer to that now. They're a lot closer to that now uh, with the roster. You go down the roster, and there's not a lot of people that you say, geez, Louise, if you're having to play this guy, you know, real minutes in a game, you're in big trouble. Um, Can I just say team, one last thing about them, yeah. Chris? Bradley, you mentioned those other teams that should be better on paper than them. Yeah. The, the one factor not to underrate here is Bradley Beal himself getting better. Sure. Uh, I, I don't think that I know like he's averaged over 30 points per game two years in a row now. And I'm talking about him getting even better, but he's gotten better for like seven straight years in this off season. He said he worked on extending his three point shooting range off the dribble. This used to be a guy who only used to take mid range pull-ups. And now he's talking about extending his range, not to Dame territory, not to Trey Young territory, but closer to what, what the range those guys shoot. And if he can successfully do that, that's going to change who he is and how defenders try to contain him, which can open up playmaking opportunities for him, of which he will get more without Westbrook there this season. There'll be more balance in that backcourt. So I look forward to seeing how he himself also develops because uh, he could be one of the reasons why this team could also exceed expectations. 
A team that is rebuilding is the Orlando Magic. And speaking of quotes, we had one uh, that has taken place since we last spoke, which was Jonathan Isaac was at an event and was asked about being ready for the upcoming season. And we're talking about less than two months away now. And he basically said, we'll see, right? He is... um, He's trying to go without a brace. He's trying to get back better, but he certainly didn't give a, I'll be ready to go opening night. Now, we know that this kid has had some very serious injuries the first couple of years of his career. Um, they dedicated a lot of money to him regardless. There is an insurance clause in that uh, regarding his knee, but they uh, they staked a lot of money on the future of Jonathan Isaac and the promise that he has shown when he has played, right? Because when he has played, you watch it and you go, man, if if this comes together, you already saw him take a big leap defensively rather quickly. And I swear to God, every time I've seen the kid in person, he gets taller. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I think by the time he's he's in his fifth year of the league, sixth year of the league, he's going to be eight foot tall. Um, when he has played, there's a lot there, you know, to really, really like about Jonathan Isaac. And he was just starting to come into his own when he when he tore up his knee. Uh, what level of concern? To me, I look at it like a team that is and should be extremely overly cautious about this. I mean, I, I, I'd want to make sure he's 150% ready before he ever came back. I mean, you know this. I, I covered a team last year that did this with Jaron Jackson Jr. Just was not going to yeah. let him come back, right? And, and the, 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 Magic, the Magic are another team like that. They're very conservative yeah. with bringing guys yeah. back. Forget, the, forget whatever your normal timeline is. The truth is, these guys, over the course of their careers, and we can go all the way back to you know the Porzingis, these unicorn-type guys, they're just not made to be face-up guards, right? Their body is not that way. When when we think about the guys that have had like real longevity, it's not guys that were uh, swatting every shot necessarily or playing above the rim all the time. It's it's more of the Pau Gasols and the Boshes than it is um, some of the others that have been guys that like to drive to the basket. You know, like we say, these unicorns, these seven-foot guys that do guard stuff. And the track record's been pretty bad in terms of most of them have not even been able to make it through their first four years without injury. And so if the Magic are being ridiculously careful about this to give it the best chance at working long-term, I think that's probably wise because they're not winning crap anyway. So he tore his ACL August 2020 right. uh, in the bubble, and he missed all of last season. Um, I mean, maybe mid, mid midway through this coming year, maybe November, December, January, something like that seems reasonable for Isaac to come back. Um, with well, that'd him, be a long time for an ACL, though, definitely. Kev. It's, a, it's a lot of time. I mean, if they're playing ultra conservative, I could see yep. that. And, and he said, we'll see when it comes to opening night. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, I guess we'll see there. Yeah. Uh, ultimately, like he he is a critical part of their future, though. Um, what we last saw from him when he was playing during the 2019-20 season was a guy who got a little bit better offensively. 
uh, had a higher, you know, taking more shots per game, doing a little bit more off the dribble, maintaining his efficiency. That's always encouraging when a guy is taking more shots and that their efficiency doesn't drop off. Um, only 22 years old at the time. And with him, though, the defensive versatility, he was one of the better defenders in the league, despite playing for a crappy team. Um, so you, individually, as a defender, plugging this guy into a team that now looks dramatically different than what we last saw when he was playing basketball. This is a totally different team and plugging him into a situation with a bunch of other young guys, Wagner in that front court. Now um, you get also um, Wendell Carter in that front court. This is a team, the magic suddenly that can play different types of styles. I say it all the time, teams that can play big or play small, Isaac is the guy that kind of keeps that all together, whether they're playing big or small, because on defense, he can defend on the perimeter if need be, but he also has the size and length and athleticism to defend more in the interior if necessary. So for the magic, he's kind of that Swiss army knife piece in the middle that allows them to play so many different styles, which gives them hope. You know, that's yeah. all you can ask for is it gives you hope. I still have my Jonathan Isaac stock. I think he could be a, uh, I think he could, you know, he comes back healthy. He could take a big, big leap because this time around, you know, obviously, as we said, they're not going to win a ton of games. But I do love Suggs, and I do think Suggs is going to make people better. So there's one thing. And he wasn't playing with his player as good as that in terms of making you better the last time around. And he's kind of just playing a role because he's wedged between Aaron Gordon and Fuji Main at the time. Right. So where are you fitting in as Jonathan Isaac? Right. Like you're 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 pretty low on the totem pole when we saw him. And yet he was rather effective. Now, the, now the trick is, can you keep that level of efficiency and that level of play when you're when when now your usage grows dramatically, which I I would tend to believe it. It will. I think he is a special talent. I really do. I just hope he can stay injury-free because he's had a really rough go of it these first couple of years, and that can do a hell of a toll on you mentally also. Um, you know, just trusting it and coming back. Um, and so it may take a little while for him to get his sea legs, as it were, but I I got my stock, and I, I, I still think— Would you buy more stock, though, Chris, or would you just hold I, what you I'm have? Just, I'm holding right now. So you're not buying more though. I'll tell you this: when I went to that not national, buying the dip. When I went to the National Sports Collectors Convention, I bought some Isaacs. Oh, I you mean, did? They really? yeah, they're nothing. Okay. They're nothing. Interesting. People, they, they were in the so uh, somebody like him, he's in the bin. Like the we're getting rid of this bin. You know what I mean? So, so, I would you, go so you bought you bought some cards. How about some top shots? I would go searching through the bins. I don't have any. I might have. I don't know if I have an Isaac. I might, but I mean, hell, yeah, I mean, you can go buy one for a dollar right now, I'm sure. Top, top Shot's done a little bit better this it past month. It has done well. Yeah. I mean, N NFTs in general seem like they're, you know, after the huge boom earlier in the year, you know, including Top Shot, then then the big fall from there, it seems like it's go it's kind of like progressively more naturally going back up now, I'm which not is really, interesting. I, look, I'm not the guy to talk to about this, but yeah. I do have Ethereum, which I've been very excited about that. <laughs> That's gone up. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's got I and it seems to me that I mean it's not it's not that hard to deduce when Bitcoin, Ethereum, crypto, 
uh, all that stuff is doing really well and is extremely healthy, then that NFT market is booming too. It they, they run seemingly parallel, right? The 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 more flush uh, with with money or liquid, as it were, that uh, that these guys have, then all of a sudden. Uh, those, you know, the, whether it's a crypto punks or it's top shot or whatever else, it's going up uh, in the same kind of way. It's it's really dependent upon the health of cryptocurrency in general, it appears to me. It's all crazy. I know, all I know is when my top shot's done well is when my Ethereum's doing well. So if there's not a coincidence in that, then then I'm a goofy. But I, I, I just I looked at Ethereum one year ago was. $351. Right yeah, now it's 3,396. Jeez. Crazy, right? That, that's nuts. Yeah. For yep. one Ethereum. And so, uh, I mean, I do think that probably, uh, you know, they, they run parallel. And so you just got to hope cryptocurrency still does well. I did. I, I will tell you, I went and looked up my jaws and my Zions that had tanked like a lot of that stuff. And man, they are, they have blown back up. They're back right. in the thousands. Yeah, it's crazy. I'm still just holding on to the stuff. You're, you're, probably, hey, you know, you're probably holding like 85% jaw. I had a guy. I had a lot, guy lot riding on those legs, Chris. I had a guy in the NBA tell me that there's going to come a time where there's key, there's kiosks in every arena. Well, they tried it out at summer league. I mean, uh, I'd be I'd be willing to bet like someday the NBA will have some stuff like buy a ticket, you know, comes with a free top shot or whatever, like some type of deals like that. Because I mean, I think you you probably see it with your son, right? Like playing video games, the younger generations, uh, they we I mean, I'm still I mean, I'm only 31. I had video games, you know, growing up too, but like growing up with virtual like skins on games, oh, yeah. you know, or different equipment or, you know, different, you know, gun skins or lasers on guns, whatever it might be. And like, it might cost like 100 points in the game, the equivalent of five bucks or 10 bucks, whatever the metric is. Um, but people really like that stuff. And I think, I think with a- NFTs, like we'll see some of these NFTs are gonna like people spending a million dollars on some of this stuff. Some of it's going to go to zero. Some of it's going to go up to 5 million over the course of the next 10, 15, 20 years. But I think with NFTs, the real potential with those is as we integrate VR, virtual reality, and AR, augmented reality, into what we do as people in society. As, as those things get more popular, the potential with NFTs is going to grow. That's that's what I would think and expect. Um but uh, we'll see. We'll see how this develops, though. Every time Top Shot comes up on Twitter, or people ask a question, "How did you get into it?" We get tagged in a million different tweets. Yeah, like I mean, oh, yeah. I see it. It's always cool all the time because people brought it up. So I am just here to tell you, and you don't have to divulge what you've done. I'm here to tell you that I did talk about this a long, long time ago. Um, uh, when I first got on it, I know a lot of you did get in on it. Some of you were able to flip. Some of you got bad because it went spiked up and then it went down big, whatever. I have all of mine still. I never sold anything. So I just kept them because to me, it was like, all right, let's see where this goes. Either you're a believer or you're not, in my opinion, right? I wasn't doing it and I, I was never doing it to make a quick buck on this stuff because Lord knows I could have made a quick buck. And at that point, like, look, my account got 
to this insane level. And what was that like mid February when it was like yeah, I mean, times it was, it, eight, times ten, or whatever? When, 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 when there was no, when there was nothing out there, right? The only thing that was out there was the stuff I owned. I mean, I will tell you, I sold. It got so goofy. I sold an Alec Burks for thirty five bucks. <laughs> an Alec Burks. An Alec Burks, man. Yeah. For th- I said, well, this is. This is silly. This is silly stuff. Like, who is buying this for this? But it yeah. was just the <laughs> supply and demand was so outrageous that. So I take it back. I have sold some things. I sold you know, that. You, Alec know, Burks. you know who purchased that, Chris? Alan Burks. Probably. Probably did. <laughs> or his mom. Um, <laughs> look. So, but at that point, like, and then my, like, I watched every day my account go down exponentially. And then I was like, well, hell, I'm not selling off now. No way. So I still have it all. So I hope it does well. I really do. Yeah. I mean, I I hope it does well, too, because I also think, you know, you and me, we see like a little snapshot of some of the excitement people have. Yeah. It's it's just a cool, you know, different alternative way for some people to to be a fan. Um, No different than trading cards, just virtual. Um so it's much different in, in that sense. Yeah, um, but, but, like, uh, the, but, but the same, but the same feeling of excitement of opening a pack, people get virtually. And, and so I, I think it's cool for fans, and I hope it's successful. I really do. I, I tell you this, though. They're getting into it, though, Kev. These uh, um, uh, these trading card companies, they're getting into that. Yeah. Tops has got them. And, and that says a lot. That oh, says a Pan- lot. Panini's got them. You know, Fanatics just bought out these different companies, and they're going to have them. I mean... The, those companies are getting into it to that, right? The cyber collectible. Michael Porter Jr. was quoted as saying the contract talks are going smoothly. Now, the reason this was fascinating to me is because I hadn't really thought about that draft class in a minute. You know, we had the slew of news. You had uh, Gilgis uh, Alexander signed his massive deal uh, with Oklahoma city. Um, Cause it is contract extension time. If they want to, for that draft class, you saw Trey young, get his max. You saw Luka Doncic, get his max. And, and then it just kind of goes away. And inevitably there'll be some of these guys that sign before the season begins. Um, a lot of these guys that are going into their fourth year uh, are having contract negotiations or their agent is with their teams right now. But really, those are the three that have gotten it. I'm interested in kind of what the number is going to be for like a Porter Jr. Um, you know, what the number is going to be for like a DeAndre Ayton. I think Ayton, you know, he's up for like a Five one hundred and sixty-eight would be the max on him. Um, I'm, I'm, I wonder if some of these guys are going to get maxed out. Um, if there are any other max deals that come out of this after we had gotten the, you know, totally predictable Luca Trey stuff. Um, you think anybody else gets maxed? You think? Uh, you think a Aiton or a Porter Jr., you know, any of these guys? I don't know. That draft class, I mean, here, I'll read them to you. 
Um, yeah, throw throw us the names for the okay. listeners. Okay, Ay- Ayton. So that's a chance. Bagley. I'd say, I'd say no to the max for me for Ayton. I'll go. I'll go. I'll like answer as you read them off. Okay, Bagley. Yeah, no. No. Bagley. Yeah. No. Aluka. No. Jaron Jackson. L- Luca. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he already got his. Yeah. Jaron Jackson. Um, I no. think he'll get. No. No. He's not getting max. No. I think he'll get like kind of like the Isaac deal. Maybe like a hundred million. Yeah, I think something like that's reasonable. You know I mean, like yeah. four, a hundred, or you know, something like that. That's what I'd guess. I don't know though. Trey Young um, got his Mo Bamba. Of course, he's getting paid the max. Yeah, right. Wendell Carter. I hope I hope Bamba gets playing time this year though. Be interested if they uh, they've got both those guys. Yeah, Bamba Wendell Carter. And Carter yep. If one of them gets an extension and the other one doesn't, mm-hmm. I wonder. There's a sixth and seventh pick in the draft. Yep, I'd extend Carter if I could lock him up for sure. I I think if I'm the Magic, I'd want to hold on, on Carter. Both of them, to be honest, oh, wow. with you. yeah, I'd want to hold. Okay, uh, Colin Sexton. Boy, he's not gonna get the max, but I mean, no. I do what I would do. Wonder. You might be able to get a really good value if you sign I him mean, out. Yeah, you might be able to get a good value. Now, he's one of those guys where maybe I want to wait if I'm calling Sexton. Yeah, you're probably But right. then again, if, what if you get turned into a situation in which you're not getting as many opportunities? Like, there's there's risk in waiting. Oh, you can always get hurt, too. Yeah, you can always get you hurt. And, and, yeah, you can get hurt. And also, I think the, you know, coronavirus is still looming over all of us here. And I think that with some of these deals we're seeing, like the, you, we've had a lot of two-year extensions yep. this offseason. Like, you know, guys who already had a year or two left in their deal extending further. I think there's some fear um, with players and their agents about like, well, if we wait, what if the cap stays the same or goes down further? What if teams are less willing to to pay my guys like this or that? Like so many XYZ reasons here. Um, but my, like, I've talked to a couple of agents this offseason that say that's why you're seeing a lot of these deals early because of the fear. To no on Kevin Knox. No. Mikel Bridges will get a good contract. I mean, he's not getting anywhere close to the max, but he'll get a good deal. I mean, it's, let's hope if you're a Suns fan, Sarver is willing to pay Aiton and Bridges. Uh, you get a lot of money coming up with those guys. Boy, Bridges does good with the Duncan Robinson deal, doesn't he? I think a lot oh, of yeah. these guys probably do. They look and I mean, if I'm Bridges' agent, I'm like, hold on now. This guy just started on a team that played in the NBA Finals, mm-hmm. right? I know Duncan Robinson did too, and I know Duncan Robinson could shoot, but I mean, my guy is, you know, just coming into his own, elite-level defender. And Mikel Bridges, I think, could actually get a really big contract. Yeah. You know, but, but one that maybe surprises some people. That's all I'd say. Um, Shea already got paid. Yep. Yeah, Shea Gilles Gil- Alexander yeah, already got, got paid. paid. Yep. Miles Bridges, I really like him. I do. Yeah, good um, player. Okay, he'll get a good deal, like $20 million range as well, I would expect. It's wild, because Rather- a lot of these guys, though, Kev, like you do think that I could see uh, contracts becoming values for a lot of these rather than outrageous overpays. Like, I think that some of these guys are going to get some of these contracts that like, if they do just sign their extensions and, the, and they could really like outperform those. Right. And once upon a time, look, it enabled Golden State. I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be stiff, but make no mistake. What partly enabled that entire dynasty to take place was Steph having all those ankle injuries 
early in his career and then signing what ended up looking like an insane deal for Steph Curry that he was outperforming in the most outrageous way possible. His second contract was just not what he should have been getting paid. Therefore, they were able to uh, wrangle a roster together around him uh, that was so fantastic. And then you got Jerome Robinson. I don't even know if he's in the league anymore. Is he? I don't think Jerome Robinson, is he in the league? I really don't know. He's the 13th pick in the draft. I saw him play in the G League a couple of years ago. You go. He was unbelievable the night I saw him. <laughs> I thought he was pretty good at college, too. I liked him at Boston College, but I don't know if he's on a roster right now. That's unbelievable. There's a Clippers I, 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 I liked pick. him. I, I was a fan. It's the 13th him. pick of the draft. I don't mm-hmm. even know if he's around. No, he was, he was waived by the Wizards earlier Damn. this year. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of those now because I hear Smith a little bit later. Um, but Porter Jr. then at 14. That'll be interesting to see with Porter Jr. That'll be very interesting to see. Because with Porter Jr., you know, the talent is obvious. 19 points per game last year. Can shoot from anywhere. It's 6'10". Can do, do a lot off the dribble and constantly improving. He's a good rebounder. He's improved as a defender, even though he's still not great by any means. Um, but with him, the injury concerns are looming. That's still something that's always going to be there for him. Um, how much is Denver willing to weigh? They were willing to gamble on drafting him. Um, very happy to do that. Eager to do that. How much are they going to be willing to pay him a heck of a lot of money, which he obviously is going to want? All right. You like him as a third guy? That that's your that's your core. I, I don't look I don't look at it like that. I think sometimes like some nights he's well, gonna gotta be... decide what you're spending the money on, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying is that good enough? Jokic Murray Porter. I think so. I mean, hell, one of them's the MVP. Are you are you willing <laughs> so, to go over 20 million today for Michael Porter Jr.? Over yes, 20. Yes. Over 25? No. So but somewhere between 20 yeah, to 25 I, 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 is your maybe, sweet maybe, spot. Maybe like 25, right? Like, I mean, I think that that's if I gave him. I mean, I don't know if I'm doing a fifth year. That's what that's dependent upon to me. And I kind of want an injury, <laughs> you know, insurance on there. Right. Like they did with Isaac. Like they'll probably do with Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah. I'd want that with Porter. He did not have a good playoffs. Probably not the best time to cash in, honestly. You know, because it, it wasn't that great without Murray uh, for him. Um. Likewise, Herder should probably cash in right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Coming off an Easter Conference Finals appearance, and he had some big, big nights. Um, I think if you're Kevin Herder, you probably cash in. Porter, I mean, just the last impression wasn't great. Yeah. Um, so that's probably why I feel the way I do in terms of I don't want the, I don't want the money to get too crazy. Because I'm not sure. I, I just don't know. I don't know. And obviously, he's had very serious injuries in his past, right? And he's kind of that tall unicorn type, too. I think the I think I think it's time to retire the term unicorn in the sense that we have so many guys who are six foot ten to seven feet, you know, who can handle the ball and shoot. They're not unicorns anymore. This is the new norm. It, it's, it's the, not new, the norm. new norm. No, it, no it's it, not, it kind of is, Chris. It no, kind of is. There's less than like ten of them. 
Yeah, but there's there's more and more and more coming every single year. I I, know. Like, every, every year these guys are coming. Uh, it's just this, a fleet this, of this, unicorns. And we need to think something more rare. Loch Ness Monsters? <laughs> something, <laughs> something, <laughs> something more rare than a, a unicorn? centaur? A centaur? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. <laughs> something know. more in, but, in uh, mythology. Yeah. What's the what's the rarest thing in mythology? <laughs> I have no idea what the rarest thing in mythology uh, is. You're not, you're not into that. I don't know. You gotta ask. Let me ask my uh, Denmark okay, friends. I just Google it. Pegasus. A Pegasus is the most rarest and most legendary mystical creature, according to my Google search. <laughs> Pegasus. Pegasus. Yes, according Perfect. to Google. Then let's yeah. do that. Yeah, I kind of like it. Pegasus is a legendary mythical creature in the most detailed in Greek Perfect. mythology. That's even it, more impressive than the uh, unicorn, a Pegasus. Yeah, yeah I'm into and it. And then if there's if there's a couple of them, would it be Pegasi or Pegasuses? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not like a, a Pegasi person. I've always been a Pegasus. Like a Pegasus. Pegasus. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Plural. You're nothing. I'm not good with you plural. Can't even. <laughs> so, so sometimes I'll just leave it as it is. Like I was like, you know, look at the Pegasus over there. You know, not, not, like oh. if there's multiple of them in, in the distance. You know, oh. right? <laughs> I, I would not say Pegasi. Right, like the moose or something. Yes. Right? Yeah. Isn't it the moose? Or it, it, they don't say the so. bees. Right? Yeah, or the, the moose is. No. I think they just say the moose. Eng- English is a tough language, Chris. It's very tough. It's very, very difficult. Tough. I have a hard time with it. Oh, trust me. And I'm a writer. I have no idea how I got through school. None. Like that whole, like, are you smarter than a fifth grader stuff? No. My son's in sixth grade. Oh, my gosh. I look at his homework and I'm like, He'll be like, uh, can you help me with this? And I'll look at it. And I'll be like, bro, I, I, I ain't got it. You're, you're like Googling what? underneath the table. <laughs> I, I got no idea. You're using the calculator for his yeah, math class. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> look, you, get, you, you asked me who uh, led, the, led the league in scoring in 1988 or something. Like, I'm, I'm out on this uh, preposition stuff. What was, what was the foreign language <laughs> you took in school? Oh, Lord. It was, it was Spanish. Really? Okay. I wish I took Spanish. I mean, but I don't want the, I mean, the worst experience. Really? Oh, I had a guy. Yeah, because like my, my Spanish teacher was the biggest dumbass in the world. Like truly. And I recognize, I, Senor DeLuca, I recognized (laughs) this when I was a kid and he used to say, Senor, this guy called my, my dad, like, like was a, a businessman, right? Like got up and like, I didn't see him when I got up to go to school. He wore a suit every single day to work. Right. And, uh, this guy called my dad like at work, like multiple times. Why? For, like just me being goofy. You know what I'm saying? Like nothing like, and it wasn't like, it was just such a massive overreaction. The were, guy were, you was like, just, were you like in class arguing, you know, Scotty Pippen's better than Michael no, Jordan. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> I, I, I will, I will tell you what it was. So like, I'll give you an example. Like one day we go in and they're teaching us. And I still remember this to this day. They're teaching us. I like, and I don't like, right. And so the guy he didn't ever teach you nothing. He'd play these videos, right? He'd play like these videos and he would just press play. And so they would say, uh, today we're going to learn uh, I like and I don't like. And then it'd just be people on the screen and they'd be like, me gusta, me gusta, me gusta. 
me gusta. And it'd just be like different people like saying this. And then they'd go, I don't like. And it'd go, no me gusta. So he wouldn't no, be teaching gusta. you. It would be no, a video. I'm watching a video. And of course, I'm making fun of the video. Right? So he, actually, Chris, he was just innovative. This was yeah. before the days oh, of YouTube, God. since you're old. No, he's um, a lazy bastard. And he, <laughs> he didn't do nothing. And of course, you'd play these cockamamie videos and I'd make fun of them. I was cracking jokes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and he was like, <laughs> so he would like leave. He called my dad and he'd say, uh, Chris was bad in class. And he got to the point where my parents were like, will you tell this Senor DeLuca to stop calling us at work? And I'd be like, I'm sorry. You know, I mean, my parents at that point, they thought he was such a goof that it wasn't that big of a deal. Usually I would get in trouble for stuff like that. Cause I mean, I goofed around in class, but this guy was like, I don't know. He was out to get me. He's a prick. He, and he stunk. And and yeah. he made me and, dislike and you Spanish. Yeah. yeah. If, if you had like the ratemyteacher.com, then oh, you would have given a, a zero. zero. Yeah. Zero. An absolute zero. Less. I mean, yeah. F minus for I senior delivery. I mean, most teachers are, are wonderful people. Yeah. You know? I mean, because no, like, this guy was just it, a bozo. Or, you know, yeah, that guy's that guy's a bozo. He didn't get into it because he wanted to teach kids. He's like, I don't care about this. No, he just turned he, on videos and then it would be that's like lazy. These, that is it'd be lazy. these awful videos, too. Like, I'm serious. I remember that one vividly. Megusta. No, Megusta. See, I'm like, I, this I is... don't have my memory stinks, but I don't yeah. remember ever watching a video in my guess what language I took, Chris. Guess which language? Uh, German. No, this is an easy. It's a layup, Chris. Oh, take a guess. Oh, French. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> of course you did. Yeah, so so in in seventh grade in junior Gusta, high, well, no me gusta Rudy well, Gobert. <laughs> in, in, in seventh grade, you didn't get a choice. You uh, could you could take Spanish, Latin, or French, and you didn't have a choice. They put me into French, seventh and eighth mm. grade, and I you know it's okay with that. I got probably B's, um, but then in high school, ninth grade, you got a choice. You know, French, Spanish, or Latin. I was like, I'm going to take French again because it's the intro two classes, which I've already taken. This will be an easy grade. So I did it for the easy grade in ninth and 10th grade. And I don't remember really much of anything, which is a shame because I liked it at the time. I just never retained any of it. Um, maybe I could relearn it easily, but I, I wonder, I'm making connections here, Chris. Do you think this, do you think me taking French class through seventh to 10th grade? has directly influenced my my uh, mistakes in draft coverage. I don't think there's my, any some question. Of my, some of my biggest mistakes yeah. have been because of the draft. I've ranked, you know, Timothy Luau too high. Mm. I ranked Killian Hayes too high. I, I ranked Rudy Gobert too low. Mm. I hit him way too low. Frank Nilakina. Frank Nilakina too high, who's a free agent, by the way, one of the top remaining free agents, if we're being clear there. The what? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, one of the top remaining guys and like one of the 10 to 15 <laughs> best remaining. He's going to be playing. He's going to be playing for the honey badgers. Oh, hey, God. I need to, Oh, Friday. I'm wearing my honey badgers. Jersey, the oh, Canadian, yeah. the Canadian league, send it to me in the mail. The CBL. By, by the way, Frank Nilakina might play in Italy this year. Just so you know, Chris, just telling oh, you, just see think it's a good seats available. I might want a Jersey. <laughs> An Italian. Frank yeah, Nilakina jersey, pretty cool. Yeah. So you think that this is all because, it's all yeah, okay, that that and and so if, for instance, you would have taken German, you'd have been high on 
Dennis Schroeder. You would have obviously been a huge Dirk guy, right? Wagner. Yeah, Wagner. Yeah, oh, both yeah. of them. Mo Wagner, Franz Wagner. Uh, the the Franz thing didn't look so good in summer league. We'll, we'll see wait how and he pans see. Out. We'll wait and see, but it was a struggle. Didn't look so good for old Franz. Um, last thing before we get out of here, I do want to mention the Sam Amick article uh, or, or piece of news. Um, because we've talked so much about the Ben Simmons thing. Obviously, it's at the top of mind of so many NBA fans, especially because every week it feels like the story gets advanced. But Sam Amick, who has had a beat on the Sacramento Kings for the last 20 years, writes for The Athletic. And he mentioned in one of his articles that I guess when conversations had been had with Sacramento, that they were unwilling to give up either Fox or Halliburton in a deal for Ben Simmons, that that was kind of a a non-starter if they were going to have to give up one of them. So it does speak to how much they believe in those two players, or it speaks to where they're kind of add on how Simmons would fit with them and don't want to give up that in order to get Ben Simmons. Now I am, I, I'm still a huge Fox guy. I know there are some people that have gotten down on him. I think that we're still at the beginning of his career um, in the sense that I think he's going to progressively get better and better and better. And I think he is a special talent. I do. Um, Obviously, Halliburton had a great rookie season, but what do you make of the phone, uh, that conversation not being able to continue if it includes Fox and Halliburton for uh, for a Simmons deal? We'll see how it develops. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if that's 100% true. Fox is signed with Sacramento. Uh, There was a report, I I believe a month ago, that he's content in Sacramento. So if you have a player that's happy to be there and likes the situation that they're in, um, great. You know, you want to keep that guy, but we'll see how things develop. You drafted Davion Mitchell. If he blossoms and looks terrific right away. And if Halliburton continues to get better and if suddenly your three guard lineup that is appealing and fun and fast on paper, if maybe it seems like one of those guys should be moved, maybe things change. So you could see things changing as well. And I think, you know, when we talk about Ben Simmons deal, uh, deals with possibilities, I'm still operating under the assumption that Daryl Morey is going to take this into the season and that things will probably get ugly and frustrating and annoying for everybody involved. Um, And that's when things can change. Price could go either up or down, depending on how things develop. What's important about what you said? You talked about three guards. I do think that you're at kind of a crossroads. You know, when we, we start off the show talking about that Kuzma quote, right? Um, that that deal was done. You're going to have, I, I think they end up moving buddy. I don't know where, where, I don't but know. I, I think they move him. Right. You know what I'm saying? If, if, if we're just piecing it together, right. Okay. And maybe it's about Simmons. Maybe it's not, but that's an all, this guy's made all NBA teams and they obviously love Fox and Halliburton. I believe that's probably true. They love those guys. Now, would they get rid of them for something uh, insane. I'm sure they would just like everybody would for, you know, if it, if it's like the Brad Beals of the world, now maybe it's a little bit different, uh, thought process, but they love them. And we also know that according to Kyle Kuzma, 
the heel deal was done, that's tough. Because Buddy didn't even want to be there anyway. We know that. It, it's been a disgruntled tenure there. And now he knows, everybody knows, that that deal was done. He was packing his bags to go to L.A. So I can't imagine what kind of minds, mindset he's in going into a training camp. Therefore, I think it, it's going to depend on you could, you could smooth out your roster some. I mean, I think you could get a pretty good haul. For Buddy Heald. I really do. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, it can work with those three guards. And I, I after Tuesday, last Friday's show, when we talked about the idea of trading Fox for Simmons, I saw us tagged in a number of, you know, posts saying we're underrating Fox. You know, maybe, maybe I am underrating Fox here. Uh, it's, it's, un, there's no doubt he's gotten better four years in a row. He averaged 25 points per game last season on the best efficiency of his career from the field, the best at getting to the line of his career, best scoring in, around the rim of his career. The guy's gotten better in all four of his seasons. Um, whereas Ben Simmons has not gotten better on the offensive end of the floor. He's gotten tremendously better on defense, but not on offense. If anything, you could argue Simmons has gotten worse on the offensive end of the floor, um, despite his willingness to do a little bit more in the screening department. It's still not what it needs to be. But I think when it comes to Ben Simmons, um, with who he is and what he can become in a new situation, uh, there's two ways to look at it. One is the Sixers did surround him with shooting last season. Um, he had the shooters around him to thrive in ways that he didn't. Um, but I think the real key to unlocking Ben Simmons is going to be up to him. And he requires something that the Sixers didn't have. That's a shot creating point guard on the perimeter. You can run pick and roll with. If you plug Simmons into the dream on green roll, I think this guy can be a monster. It the, doesn't Kings, ha- the, the Kings could do that with Mitchell or Halliburton. Will what well, the question will be, and this is why Sacramento might not be willing to give up De'Aaron Fox to get Ben Simmons, because Fox has gotten better four years in a row. He's only 23. He could continue to get even better than he already is. Whereas with Simmons, you might get that guy in your new situation, and he might be like, nah, I still don't want to do this or that because I think I'm this guy. And there's always going to be that fear, especially if you're a team trading for him that he doesn't want to go to. He said he wants to go to three California teams. Do you think one of those teams was the Kings? I don't think Kings fans think they're on that list. It's the Warriors. It's the Lakers or the Clippers. That's what he would want. Doesn't mean he's not going to get that. He might get Golden State, but he's not getting either of the LA teams. I don't think unless they pull something crazy out. And, I, and look, and we talked about this a lot. I don't think it has to be a point guard. I think it just has to be a perimeter shot creator because they could have won the title with Jimmy if, Butler. If the guy's too big, the, the defense will just switch that screen, though. Uh, I think it needs to be a smaller guy, ideally. Like someone Jimmy, six, they could have won the title under. with Jimmy Butler. They could have, yes. You know, but so, I mean, but I'm, I'm speaking strictly to like the Simmons in a Draymond role aspect, mm. like strictly to that. Having him with a smaller guard like Simmons with Lillard, then it could work if he's willing to do it. It's all about Ben's own choices and his willing to do the things that sometimes it's like the dirty work. If you're willing to do that, then great. And I think with Ben Simmons over the years, he's shown he can do it on defense. He's shown at times he could be tough and aggressive on offense. And then he goes through stretches where he's just doing nothing. He's just standing there not even setting a screen, not even crashing the boards, not doing nothing. He's doing nothing. If he's willing to commit to it and embrace being the guy who's doing the dirty work, setting screens, rolling to the rim, kicking out passes, 
then I think he can thrive with a perimeter scoring guard. Um, will he be willing to do it though? That's the big question. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see with him. I look forward. I look forward to seeing Ben Simmons, regardless of the uniform that he's in. Will he come back and crater? Or will he come back from this and shine? Sounds like somebody before. needs to go pull up Instagram because he bombs threes now. Kevin. Oh yeah, bombing them on these Instagram <laughs> cuts. It's like one shot. It's never like multiple shots in a row. It's one shot. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, this is the one thing I gotta say about that, Chris. People, people say, people say Simmons just needs to shoot it. Oh no, no, he doesn't unless he's efficient. <laughs> if he's inefficient, don't shoot it. Don't, don't do it. If he's efficient, then shoot it. <laughs> if you're if you're inefficient, don't shoot it. Continue doing what you've been doing. I, I think the last four years, it was probably for the best that he wasn't shooting. I'll it, just it say is, that, Kev. It sounded to me like you. Uh, just uh, I'm not gonna put words in your mouth. It sounded to me like you think that that probably took several takes. Several takes, yeah, to get the mate. Yeah, Scorsese was in the room. I, you I, think I, sources you, say Scorsese was in the room? You think there are many deleted videos of misses before the uh, the the one that is posted the the beautiful yeah. laser like uh, I, three? I, I think those TikToks and IG stories take a while to edit. You do? Yeah, I do. Do you think he actually shot the ball that did go in? Or do you think that part or, is yeah. uh, <laughs> well, they, they edit yeah, Steph Curry yeah, and yeah. the ball flight yeah. and then the, he does fall out yeah. of the frame. You know? <laughs> I did say, I had, I'm telling you, sources say Scorsese was in the room. Scorsese was in the room. Uh, all right, we're going to do a mailbag again on Friday. Give out that email address, Kev. NBA mailbag at gmail.com. NBA mailbag at gmail.com. Thank you to our executive producer, Sasha Eschel, as always. And we will talk to you on Friday.